This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. And in this time of worry around COVID-19, it's no surprise that some are searching for safeguards or, or remedies that might stave off the virus. Also unsurprising is how there are those who will prey on such fears and try and sell snake oil remedies that might hurt more than they help. So it's time to separate the science from the placebos. And to do that, we bring in the host of the Super Awesome Science Show podcast and the man you know as the germ guy, Jason Tetro, joins us on the line. Thanks for doing this, Jason. It's such a pleasure. Let's dive right into, um, first and foremost, the placebos, the, 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 the old wives' tales, the, the cure-alls. I was hanging out with a girlfriend of mine who, she loves to Google MD. She likes to look online as to, <laughs> to possible uh, things that might, you know, cure without going to the doctor. I, I mm-hmm. must add that she is um, typically very on top of things. However, she stopped me in my tracks when she said, I've got my whole family uh, taking silver solution. And I oh said, boy! I said, "What? What? What is that?" And then I Googled it, and the number one thing, like the Mayo Clinic, came back and said, "Yeah, there's no amount of that that's safe." Okay, so here's the thing: okay. we have disinfectants, okay, things you've put on surfaces like your kitchen counter. We have antiseptics, which you put on things like your hands and your wounds, right? Yeah. And then there's stuff that goes internal, stuff you drink, stuff you eat. All right. So silver can be a really good disinfectant. And it can actually help to prevent infection for wounds, right? Hmm. But the minute that you inhale it or the minute that you actually drink it, what ends up happening is you are giving your body silver, which could potentially turn your body blue. Does it actually kill anything? No. Because what happens is that silver works against anything that happens to be organic. And surprise, surprise, everything inside of your mouth and your nose is organic. So it'll be wasted long before it comes anywhere near a virus. How is that being marketed? I've seen infomercials in the United States where there's a woman literally saying it cures coronavirus. Well, you see, the thing is that in there's a regulation that essentially says that if it's a disinfectant for surfaces, you can say that. Or if it's sort of an antiseptic for wounds, you can probably say that. Mm. But... Back in 1999, the FDA actually said you cannot say silver does anything when you've put it inside of your body. So what's happening is that these people are mixing things up so that they're saying one thing that is true, but they're sort of associating it with another thing which is completely untrue and illegal. And I don't know if you remember, a a couple weeks ago, remember how Purell got in trouble? Uh, for, for saying that they made these claims against viruses and they were told to stop? Yes. Yeah, well, it was the same idea. It was the fact that you could say that for some products, but the ones that they were saying it for on their website were for other products that actually couldn't be said that. And they were basically said, please stop that. And they did, and everything was good. Well, this is the thing. They stopped. These other people, unfortunately, are not. It is all in the name of making a buck, and it's rooted in, um, you know, giving you that fearful piece, right? We have this problem, clearly. It's the top headline uh, globally with COVID-19. Everybody is a little bit worried, if not very worried, if not panicking about it, depending on where you <laughs> go to Costco. Um, but are, 
are the placebo or are the homeopathy pieces here uh, coming into play? Is oil of oregano going to save us? Uh, no. Okay. I mean, when you talk about essential oils, all right, they are great for protecting your food from going spoiled and rotten, all right? Okay. They're not so good at protecting your lungs from a virus. So once again, we're looking at how we can use essential oils and uh, the terpenes and sesquiterpenes and stuff like that to be able to protect foods and possibly even surfaces and maybe even our hands. Actually, it doesn't work on our hands. I tested that 20 years ago. Don't. But it's not going to do a dang thing for your lungs or if you're drinking it for your gastrointestinal system. So if you think that you can go sort of that natural route to be able to fight a coronavirus infection, it's not going to do you a heck of a lot of good. My aunt told me to take oil of oregano when I got a uh, flu a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. That is some nasty tasting stuff, and I love oregano. <laughs> oh, I love oregano too, but... Oh, and the other thing is, is that the actual concentration that's needed in order for it to be effective against viruses is so high <laughs> that the minute that you come near it, the first thing you're going to do is run away. So remember something... The, the concentration that you're using, if you happen to be using this, is so low in comparison to what is necessary to kill that essentially all you're doing is you're probably making your insides a bit, you know, smellier. It is quite something where how deep we will go into the natural sort of medicine side of any Whole Foods or uh, even in a drugstore now, you can find that here are your natural remedies. Um, another that was brought to my attention was Sambucol. It's like everybody in my family's taking Sambucol again. I'm doing my, mm-hmm. my journalistic follow-up. I'm like, it's a berry extract for goodness sake. Yeah. Yeah, and again, in, in this particular case, you're looking at the phytochemicals that are going to be helpful in reducing uh, the level of pathogens in your gastrointestinal system. It has absolutely nothing to do with your lungs. Nothing to um, do with your lungs. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's great to get those phytochemistries inside of you because they're very good for balancing your immune system and helping to reduce inflammation. But at the end of the day, you know, if you've got a virus that's inside of you and it's doing some nasty things in your lungs, what you're taking into your gut is really not going to have that much of an influence. So for day-to-day, sure, if you want to do that, that's fine, probiotics, apple cider vinegar, whatever. But in order to be able to help you fight off a disease, especially such as one as what's caused by this COVID-19, you're going to have to do something a little bit more uh, um, medical, if you will, and actually trust the doctors and healthcare professionals. Yeah, Listen to scientists. We are with Jason Tetro, who is the germ guy and host of the Super Awesome Science Show. That's why we're touching base with you today, Jason, is to talk these things through because people are looking for... Uh, a quick fix, an easy protection. What can I take? Miracle mineral supplement. That sounds like a good idea. Oh my gosh. You're making me have PTSD about Ebola. (laughs) (laughs) Because when Ebola came around in in West Africa, of course it was killing upwards of 50 to 70% of uh, whoever was infected. And nobody had any idea what to do. And so some of these uh, doctors just came in and said, well, take my, you know, MMS and it's going to cure you of all ails. Well, the fact is, is that MMS is kind of like bleach. It produces a chlorine and that chlorine is going to essentially cause some acidity in your gut and your gut's going to make you feel unwell and that's going to lead to some sort of inflammation that's supposedly going to get rid of the bug. And no, it does not. 
That <laughs> so the only thing that they the only thing that they found with that though is the fact that if you actually hydrate people very very well, like give them five liters of saline a day, they may actually survive from Ebola. And surprise, surprise, if you ever have a cold, the flu, or in this particular case, the coronavirus, what's the first thing we say? Stay hydrated. Right. Stay hydrated. So, Jason, tell us what we should do if we are what what the WHO would say asymptomatic. Well, I mean, asymptomatic just simply means that the virus is probably just growing inside of you um, and that you might still be able to spread it. And, and, I mean, that's okay. But remember, you still have to be within, like, that three to five feet or, or one to two meters of an individual before you catch it. Um, the, the greater likelihood, to be honest with you, is that you're going to pick it up off of a surface like an airport kiosk terminal or maybe an ATM machine or something along those lines right. if for some reason someone actually had the virus and coughed on it. But, I mean, there's, what, eight people, seven people now in British Columbia who have it? Yes. Uh, and then I think they're self-isolated. So the likelihood of someone actually, you know, spreading that to you is very, very, very low. But if you are concerned, keep your hands clean, hand sanitizer if you're not near a soap and water sink. Uh, and if you're worried about those people who are coughing, sputtering, spurting, whatever it is, uh, because there are other viruses that could potentially cause illness, you keep a scarf around your neck and then you just sort of put the scarf over your nose and your mouth. You can use it numerous times because a mask you can only use once. And you don't have to be fit tested for it. You can wear it any way you like, and it's going to look great. Whereas if you're using a particular type of mask, you actually have to be trained and fit tested to be, make sure that it actually works. And you end up touching your face a million times when you're adjusting the mask that doesn't fit you properly. Uh, you know, I'm almost at a point now where I don't even talk about that because studies have shown that we touch our faces about 16 times every hour. And probably during this conversation, I've probably facepalmed about five times already. <laughs> so the Sorry. thing is... <laughs> the thing is that we're not going to be able to stop touching our faces. And I get it. We want to tell people that we want to get people not to touch their faces, but it's impossible. It is, right? So the best thing to do is make sure those hands are clean so that when you do touch your face, that there's no likelihood that you're going to self-inoculate. Thank you very much for the great advice. Always appreciate you cutting through the noise for us, Jason. It is such a pleasure to talk with you. He's the germ guy. He's lovely. He's the host of the Super Awesome Science Show. He's Jason Tetro. You should hear that podcast. It is very cool.